Welcome to People's Church. Before we get to this week's message with Pastor Tom Murray, we want you to know that you matter to your Heavenly Father and you matter to us. People's Church is a multi-generational faith community in Salem, committed to knowing Christ and making Him known. Sunday morning worship services at our Salem campus are at 8.30, 10, and 11.30. Watch messages anytime and plan your visit at peopleschurch.com. We pray this practical biblical teaching is encouraging, challenging, and possibly even life-changing. It is so encouraging to see our teenagers using their God-given talents and abilities. And we are thrilled to be sending close to 20 teenagers to represent People's Church and represent Oregon at the National Fine Arts event in Orlando. It's been a great week. We want to give a huge thank you to every family that participated, sent boys and girls, volunteered to make this week's PC Adventure Camp on our campus a huge success. Can we thank everybody who was part of this? And we're working on a great highlight video for next week on our adventure camp. Also, yesterday, thanks to all the guys who came out to be part of the Pacific Northwest Men's Conference, we had more than 800 men from across our city standing room only in the Salem Convention Center, guys who are saying, we want to be better for our families, we want to be better for our churches, we want to be better for the city. Also, we know that there were chores to be done around the house. We know there was lawn mowing to be done. We know, so thank you to all of the wives who released your husbands to be part of the men's conference. Listen, our, because of this one day investment, our homes are gonna be better. Our church is gonna be better. Our city is going to be better. A move of God is coming and we're excited to be part of it. Just this month, there was a headline about an agriculture company announcing that it would put down roots, put down roots in a small community in Georgia. As part of the announcement, the company is promising to create 150 new jobs, which is a big deal for a small city, and also to build a new facility as part of investing listen to this, $120 million into this small community. Now, I don't know how many millions you have dropped, but that's a lot of millions. This company is making a statement, we want to put down roots. To put down roots means to establish and to establish with permanence. We're here to stay. So will the company actually put down roots? The promises are good, but time is the test. To put down roots involves an upfront commitment, but it's lived out over time. To be rooted is to increase attachment, loyalty, and commitment over time, decreasing the likelihood of abandonment. 
let me show you what we're talking about. When you, when you have roots, you are less likely or unlikely to walk away when times are difficult. Having roots is the opposite of always chasing the next best thing of the moment. You can be rooted in your neighborhood. If you're rooted in your neighborhood, maybe you've seen your neighbor's kids grow up with your kids. You've poured sweat equity into making your house what it is. And as a result, if there was, say, for example, a string of small theft in the neighborhood, you'd be less likely to walk away because you're rooted in your neighborhood. You'd also be less likely to chase after selling your home if there's a positive increase in home prices because you're, that's right, rooted in your neighborhood. If you're rooted in your city, this is the place where you have relationships. This is the place where you volunteered, where you invested. If you're rooted in your city, you know where everything is without a GPS. And, and you have a guy for everything. Because you're rooted in your city, you're less likely to walk away for favorable conditions somewhere else. You're less likely to uproot when you reach retirement, at least to fully uproot. If you have a favorite sports team, you're rooted in who you root for. You're with your team through the winning seasons and the losing seasons. You're not jumping around to whatever team happens to be winning this year. And, and you never want to be called a bandwagon fan. See, we get the concept of being rooted. Rooted in family, rooted in friend relationships, rooted in career, rooted in companies, rooted in our church family. We like to be around rooted people. We like to be around people who are willing to stick with it through the adversity, believing for a better tomorrow. And this is where we're back in our summer message series out of Colossians, this letter that we have in our New Testament. So I invite you, invite you to open up or power up your word to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul in the decades after the death and resurrection of Christ. Paul is in Rome, he's in prison, and he sends a letter to this church in this community called Colossae. And the problem in Colossae is that, yes, there were believers, but there were other voices speaking into the lives of believers, other philosophers, other teachers, and they were through what they were sharing, trying to draw people away from Christ and trying to convince people that Christ was not enough. What we're going to see today is that Paul is going to draw on this understanding. We get the concept of, under, of, of being rooted, and what we're going to see today is that Paul is going to uh, take this understanding that we have of being rooted and connect that to our spiritual journey and being rooted in Christ. And this set of verses, this is so good. God's word is so good. What we're going to look at today, God's timing is good because it speaks directly into what's happening in our society, what's happening in our culture today. Because the Holy Spirit is part of the writing of this letter, it's as if it was written today. That's what's so good. That's one of the many reasons that God's word is so good. It's not outdated. It speaks directly. It's alive and active and speaking directly into our lives today. So open with me to Colossians chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 6 here. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, 
rooted, rooted and built up in him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Rooted and built up in Christ. We've said you can be rooted in neighborhood, community, sports teams, family, friend group, career, company, hobbies, your church, all good areas to be rooted in. But above all else, be rooted in Christ. Be rooted in Christ. Because you know what? God may, as, as rooted as you are in your neighborhood and in your, in your community, it's possible that God may uproot you from your neighborhood. God may uproot you from your community to accomplish his purposes. God may uproot you from being geographically close to family and friends to carry out his purposes. God may uproot you from your 10-year, 20-year, 30-year career for something different. God may even, this is where it's going to get a little touchy, God may even uproot you out of retirement to do something for him. Be careful when you say, God, I'll never do that. That gets the attention of the Lord. God may uproot you from this church to be involved in another work. When it comes to being rooted in our our teams, my, my brother is a passionate Detroit Lions fan. This is the NFL team of the state where we grew up in Michigan. And he is on me because I saw the light. And I uprooted my fan loyalty to America's team, the Green Bay Packers. It's like those are the most tense moments in church when we talk about teams. Why is that? It will never be God's plan to uproot you from Christ. God may uproot you from a lot of different things. But he will never, it will never be part of God's plan to uproot you from your relationship with Jesus Christ. Walk in him, Paul writes, rooted. Walk in him, rooted and built up in him, established in the faith. This concept of a root, we understand it because we have basic knowledge of what it means to plant a seed. A seed's chances of becoming a healthy plant or a healthy tree are only as good as the quality of the soil where that seed is planted. Now, think about this. In this metaphor, are you, as a follower of Christ, are you the seed or are you the soil? Listen, walk in him, walk in Christ, Root it. You're the seed. In this metaphor, you're the seed. You're the plant. You're the tree root. Walk in him, rooted. You are planted in Christ when you receive him. You grow in Christ. You set your roots in as you surrender to him. Now, surrender, surrender. That may sound like a weak word. But when it comes to spiritual surrender, this is where we experience the most strength. Because surrender, surrender means to yield power, to give over power, to give over possession to someone else. And as a follower of Christ, to surrender to Christ is to give leadership of our life over to him, to allow him to direct us, that we submit, we surrender allowing our life to be his possession, not me, but Christ who lives within me.
There's no better life soil than Christ. Many different areas where you can allow your roots to grow. There's no better life soil than Jesus Christ. Trees become healthier as roots absorb the nutrients and the water from the soil where they're planted. In healthy soil, tree roots never stop growing. And it's God's desire that as we follow Christ, that our roots in Christ would continue to grow our entire life. You know this to be true, even if you never went to agriculture school. When you see a healthy tree or a plant above the surface, you know it's the result of healthy growth and root that is happening below the surface. So Paul says, be rooted in Christ. Be rooted in Christ. Why? Look at this, verse 8. See to it that no one takes you captive by philosophy and empty deceit, according to human tradition, according to the elemental spirits of the world, and not according to Christ. 2,000 years ago in Colossae, there were teachers and teachings and philosophies and philosophers, and again, their general, what they were trying to attract people to was that Christ was good, but Christ wasn't enough. There was more than Christ. And, and we're going to see in the next verse that Paul is going to come right up against that, and he's going to affirm that Christ is whole. Christ is fully God. You have been filled, and life is best lived when Jesus Christ is the head of not some, but all of your life. Are there similar teachings and philosophies attracting believers today away from the Lord? Yes. But here, don't miss this. Here's what is most prevalent in 2022. This is where we may see followers of Christ being attracted, being pulled away from their faith. It's this. It's culture's path of least resistance. When we talk about what has the potential, remember Paul is writing to believers and he's saying that there is, there's things happening in the world that have the potential to pull you away from your relationship with Christ. And he says, see that no one takes you captive. What can take us captive today? Culture's path of least resistance. It's easier, we may think, to just go along with where the culture is going. What is the potential of taking minds captive is culture's path of least resistance. One of the speakers at the Pacific Northwest Men's Conference, just yesterday, he spoke about how Men are missing out. They're falling short of their God-given influence because there are times when men, we act like water. Instead of doing what we need to do, we choose the path of least resistance. And what happens to water? It always goes downhill. Holding the Christian worldview comes against culture. Sometimes we read things in the Word and it makes us uncomfortable because it comes against what we believe or it comes against what our friends believe. It's good when the Word makes us uncomfortable. It's good when the Word challenges us because following Christ is not the path of least resistance. There's a lot of passion in the world today, a lot of tension. People are unfriending. People are unfollowing. There's different positions and people cannot fathom how any reasonable person would hold a belief different than their own position. Culture says, indulge and intoxicate. God's word says, be sober-minded and alert. Culture points to confusion. God's word says there's truth. 
Culture says, choose your gender. Mark 10 records the words of Jesus. At the beginning of creation, Jesus says, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. There are some in culture who are fighting for the right to end life in the womb up until the final days of pregnancy for any reason and without exception. I read in Psalm 139 the words of David, for you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you, David writes, because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. There's a landmark Supreme Court decision this week. And this... The Supreme Court decision, what it does is it gives states control over their law. And it gives states the opportunity to align their laws with God's word. It's in the hands of the state. What I read in the word is that God values human life, this side of eternity, from womb to tomb. As followers of Christ, James, the half-brother of Jesus, he challenges believers, and we do not always get this right. Jesus, James, the half-brother of Jesus, challenges us to care for orphans and to care for widows in their time of distress. And followers of Christ, God may be leading us to open our homes. If you look at the statistics of how many churches we have in America and how many children are in foster care in America, the numbers are very close, meaning that if every church in America would take responsibility for one foster care child in this country, the problem would be solved. There's pain from the past when we talk about this. So we're thankful for God being a God of grace, a God of mercy, a God of forgiveness. And we know that right now, there are men and women and couples in our city, possibly even in this church today. And when we talk about this topic, it's not political, it's personal because there's something that's painful, it's unplanned, you're unprepared. We are honored to come alongside Hope Pregnancy Center here in our city, a place of compassionate help in this incredibly difficult season. We believe in medical care. We believe in education and holistic care that goes beyond the womb to provide for moms and babies and children. So Paul writes, see to it that no one takes you captive. No one takes you captive by philosophy or empty deceit. What's of human tradition? What's the product of the created, not the creator? See that no one takes you captive by what's good according to the world, but may be opposed to Christ. See, a tempting path that has the potential to take Christ followers captive is to go down the path of whatever culture is approving in the moment. This is a difficult place. If you're committed to always being attached to whatever culture is approving in the moment, it's a wild ride. 
Because what culture says is good today, it's going to change tomorrow. It's like sinking sand. We choose to stand on Jesus Christ, the rock. Paul says, stay rooted. Stay rooted in Christ. And here's where we see Paul bring believers back to the truth. Christ is whole. Christ is fully God. You have been filled. Christ is the head of all. Colossians 2, verses 9 and 10. 10, For in Christ, in him, the whole fullness of deity dwells bodily, and you have been filled in him, who is the head of all rule and authority. Remember that, that some philosophers and teachers in Colossae were advancing this idea that Christ was incomplete. And here we have one of the great statements in the entire Bible affirming Christ fully God, fully man, God in the flesh. As a believer, you have the power of the Holy Spirit living inside of you. And no matter what it is that you're facing, this is so good, Christ, the head of all rule and authority, whatever it is you're facing, there is no better leader than the Holy Spirit. Whatever trial you are walking through, there is no better guide than the Holy Spirit. Whatever pain you are feeling, whatever regret, whatever pain, whatever difficulty you may be going through, there's no better comforter than Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit. There's no other leader that you can go to. There's no other guide you can go that will be better than Jesus Christ and Christ who dwells within you and the power of the Holy Spirit. Verse, verse 11 and 12. In Christ, in him, also you are circumcised with a circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ, having been buried with him in baptism, in which you were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised him from the dead. Now here Paul brings circumcision into the conversation. If you don't know what physical circumcision is, Ask your trusted grown-up. If you do, it kind of makes all the men in the room just tense up just a little bit. See, yes, the Bible, it talks about physical circumcision. But God is more interested in spiritual circumcision. Now, forgive me for this phrase. Spiritual circumcision is cutting off the old you. Leaving behind the you that was before God leaving in the past the you that was on the run from God, cutting off the you without God. There were followers in, in Colossae, Christ followers, they didn't have a Jewish background. And there were Christians with a Jewish background who were telling these, we would say, Gentile Christians that you're less than me because you have not gone through the ritual of circumcision. And what we read here and what we read in other places in Scripture is that physical circumcision is not essential for being a follower of Christ. What Paul does point toward is baptism. Water baptism. Water baptism. Water, bapti water baptism is a declaration of the decision to live rooted in Christ. Water baptism doesn't make you right with God. Water baptism is the public declaration of your decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of your life. And at the end of the service today, we're going to baptize someone in water. 
And if you... If you have never taken this step, you know, sometimes I hear from believers who would say something to me like, you know, I've been a Christian for a long time, and I think everyone just assumes that I've been water baptized, but I haven't, and I don't want anyone to think less of me because I haven't done this at this point in my life journey. Listen, no one will think that. We want to celebrate that with you. We want to celebrate the new life in Christ. If you have never been baptized in water, the Bible talks about how it is an incredible value. It is important to God that we, we publicly declare our faith in Christ through water baptism. So if you need a ceremony to proclaim the spiritual transformation in your life, it's not through physical circumcision. It's through water baptism. And let me just say, as a side note from your pastoral staff, we are grateful that the ceremony that we get to take part in is water baptism. Spencer, we may have less applicants if it were the other way around. Some families are gonna have weird conversations in the minivan on the way home today. You're welcome. Verses 13 and 14. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with him, having forgiven us all our trespasses by canceling the record of debt that stood against us with its legal demands. Then he set aside, nailing it to the cross. Do you know that Satan's power ends with physical death? Once physical death occurs, there's nothing the darkness can do to the believer, to the follower of Christ. You share in the resurrection. Following Christ, it's not... It, following Christ is a new beginning. It's not a life improvement plan. A life improvement plan says, let's take your mess and try to make it less messy. Following Christ says, no, the old is passed away, and now you have new life in Christ. The old is gone. It's in your past. You are a new creation. You are made alive. You are forgiven. The debt of sin is canceled. It's been nailed to the cross. Don't go back. You were spiritually dead in whatever that way of living is, and as attractive as it may seem in the moment, don't go back. You've been forgiven. You have life. And this is so good. We're going to land on this today. Verse 15. Jesus disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in him. What Christ put on display is that there is a limit to even the most powerful human rulers and authorities. If you think about this, when Jesus Christ was crucified, what was the strongest government in the world? Rome. What was the best religious belief system and tradition in the world at the time that Jesus Christ was crucified? It was Judaism, Jewish tradition. So don't miss this. The greatest government and the best religion of the day combined forces to try to bring an end to Christ and the movement, and they did not succeed. 
the power of darkness was disarmed. Through death, Jesus revealed that they had limitations and he triumphed over them. So here's what we can take away. A life rooted in Christ is protected. It's protected from the seduction of past sin because past sin can be seducing. Come back to the past sin. A life rooted in Christ is protect, protected from the seduction of past sin and the world's empty promises. Maybe you're here today and you'd say you're a follower of Jesus Christ. But if you had a moment of honesty right now, you'd say that you're being drawn to, you're, you're being drawn to what is not from God. You're being attracted to what is opposed to God. You feel tempted to go along with the flow of culture and the path of least resistance. You're having a hard time letting go. Or maybe you're tempted to go back to whatever it is. And I believe that Paul, writing to the Colossians 2,000 years ago, has spoke powerfully to your heart today. Be rooted. Be rooted and built up and established in Christ. We have great, some of the great landscapes in the entire planet here in Oregon. Breathtaking as they drive the state. I hope it never gets old. We've lived here for almost two years. It hasn't come close to getting routine yet. We are still stunned by the beauty of this state. Last week we had visitors, uh, a family that's close to us. They came and spent the week with us. They were overwhelmed by the beauty that we have in Oregon. And so much of that beauty is made up by the Douglas firs. As you go through the mountains and the hills and as a Midwesterner, there's been times that I have called something a mountain. And you Oregonians correct me and say, that is not a mountain. That's a big hill. But as we go through the landscape, we see these Douglas firs. Some of them, if, if three of us were to get together and link hands, it would be difficult because the trunks are so massive. It would be difficult for us to get our combined the combined reach of our arms around the trunk of the tree because those trees are rooted over the decades. Psalm 1-3 speaks about the one who delights in the ways of God. And it says the one who delights in the ways of the Lord is like a tree planted by streams of water that yields fruit in its season. It's productive and its leaf doesn't wither. So it doesn't stumble. It doesn't fall apart when times get tough. In all that he does, because he's close to God, he prospers. If you're a follower of Christ, you are the seed. You are planted in Christ. And over the time that you have been a follower of Christ, you've gone from a seed to growing roots, to growing roots, to being rooted in the life soil of Jesus Christ. 
I don't know what it is that's pulling for your attention today. Maybe I'm only speaking to one person in this room, but something is drawing you away and you are tempted to uproot from the soil of Christ. Now is not the time. And there is never a time to uproot from the perfect life-giving soil of Jesus Christ and transplant in a lesser soil. God is so good in the metaphors that he gives us in his word. And this metaphor of being rooted, as we look at our own uh, landscape here in Oregon, I learned this about the Douglas fir this week. These massive, strong trees. The, tree, the roots of the Douglas fir are both wide and deep. Wide and deep. And I also learned this. Douglas firs, when they are close to other Douglas firs, are incredibly strong. But if you put a Douglas fir off on its own, it's not, it's not as strong. There's weakness. The strength of the Douglas fir comes in large part from being closer to other trees of its kind because the roots begin to intertwine. Do you see the parallel? As followers of Christ, we are stronger in community. We're planted in the same soil. We're planted in the same soil, and our roots grow stronger as we intertwine with others who are also followers of Christ. As we get ready to celebrate water baptism today, this is so good. Do you know what makes the soil good when it comes to actually have like the, the soil that you would plant in or the soil that our, our trees are growing in? In order for the soil to give life, it requires that there be dead plants in the soil. The nutrients come from the decomposition of other dead plants. The nutrients come from the decomposition of dead animals in the ground. Some of you already know where this is going. In order, in order for you to have new life, death is required. New life comes through death. And the new life that you have in Jesus Christ, it is the result of a perfect, loving, complete Savior willing to lay down his life for you so that you could have new life. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus Christ today. Thank you, Father, for once again challenging us through your word, for challenging us to live rooted lives. You give us the free will, Father, and there are many different places, relationships where we could choose to set down roots. There are even many belief systems that we ch could choose to be rooted in. As an act of love, you gave us free will. And what we see through the power of your word is that there is no better life-giving soil, no match, no parallel, than the life-giving soil of Jesus Christ. Father, thank you for the way that you've been challenging us today. 
Father, you know the one who's been here that's been drawn to go down the path of least resistance. And you've spoken to their heart today that the path of least resistance through culture will ultimately lead to demise. That at the end of the day, the story, the life story that we want to tell is that no matter what storms came our way, we stayed rooted in Christ. We're reminded that the reason that we need the roots is because of the storms and the weather patterns that are above. We think about these massive trees that have lived for decades. They've seen every sort of inclement weather, extreme heat, extreme cold, drought, and deluge, and they have survived because the roots are deep. As we think about the cultural pressures of the day, whatever may be attempting to draw us away, may our roots run deep and always be growing deeper so that no storm of culture, no empty philosophy, no form of deceit would ever uproot us from the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. We pray that this week's message has been practical, encouraging, and challenging. Let us know if you made a first-time commitment or recommitment to following Christ. Visit peopleschurch.com and click Connect to share your decision with us. There is great value in being a part of a Christ-centered, Bible-teaching faith community. If you are looking for a church home, Pastor Tom Murray invites you to People's Church in Salem. Sunday morning and evening worship services, group Bible studies, relevant engaging activities for kids and youth in safe, secure environments. Watch messages anytime or plan your visit at peopleschurch.com.